call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down the bayou. I'm the last of the best, they call me the Greedy Man. Got many clients. Come from miles around, running down my prescription. Yeah, I got medicine. I got medicine. To cure all y'all's ills. I got remedies with every description. Love it. I got. All right. So, thank you for joining me. Here at the Po Boys Podcast. Yay, you found me. So today, we have a very interesting episode. I got to speak with a 20-year veteran in the rap game. Now, I've, I've never known a, any other rappers, personally. So that was fun in itself, but to... Meet somebody who has that long of a road in anything. I mean, if you fucking played ping pong for 20 years, you'd be a bad motherfucker. It just is what it is. You know, we get pretty deep. Um, it's crazy to think about, you know, parallel living and what other people go through, the struggle. And I really do appreciate uh, anybody who can come out of a horrific situation and at least have a good attitude about stuff, let alone be, you know, okay. It's hard enough just to fucking get up every morning. <laughs> but um, it's it's really cool, man. I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, we're going to go ahead on and get into it because I don't want to waste anybody's time. So my guest today was recently on an episode of the Random Ramblings with Rob podcast. He's a friend of Hoppy Rogers. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you rap veteran Anomaly. Try a little bit of Welcome to Kentucky. We deal with friendship. We love to get along. Kentucky loves each other. I love you, Kentucky. Yeah. 
man. See, the, fun- the funny thing is, down here, I don't think there's been new Nappy Roots in so long. But if I'm not mistaken, he's from Louisville, correct? Excuse me? Did I did I say it wrong? Did I is it Louisville? Yeah, it's, it's Louisville. You're good. I got you. Is he from Louisville? Where's he from? I don't know. Nappy Roots is from Kentucky, I'm sure, right? Um, a couple of the members are from Louisville. A couple of members are from Western Kentucky. Okay, so what? Uh, Nappy Roots himself is not a native Louisvillean. Is that what you're telling me? Well, the group in general, there is some some. Uh, actual Lua villains from, you know, from Nappy Roots. Right. But there's me- there's members from Western Kentucky as well. But uh, they're, like like I was telling you earlier, today is actually Nappy Roots Day in Louisville. So, you know, salute to the hometown heroes. So there, it's a group, actually. It's not just one fucking dude. No, nah, no, nah, it's a whole group. See, I didn't even know. I thought it was just one dude. I only know, like, two or three Nappy Roots songs. I love them. It's just, that's all I got. I know that. And then, oh, no, hell no, nah, boy. Y'all done up and done it. Like, that's it. That's all I needed. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. It, hey, if if any of the Nappy Boys are listening to this, my apologies. Hey, you can educate me, <laughs> motherfucker. Just let me know. I, <laughs> listen, word travels slow in the South. I'm in the middle of fucking Arkansas, brother. I just got the internet three years ago, you know? Like, we're working on it, though. <laughs> He's killing me. Brother. But yeah, uh, Nappy Roots is a whole group, though. <laughs> there you go. Learn something every day. Folks, welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast. The legendary, the one and only 20 years in the game. The OG killer. Allegedly, maybe not killer. That's a strong word. Gangster, superstar, rapper extraordinaire, anomaly. How you doing, bro? Oh, thank you for that. In- I thank you for that introduction. That was that was probably the best introduction I've ever had. Oh man, you got to get better hype, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am the hype man. What are you talking about? <laughs> get you a different voice to do when you're doing that shit. You go high and low. And be like, "What's up, everybody? I'm here to tell you about a motherfucker." Straight out of the sticks, <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. Get on your motherfucking feet for anomaly. Pro uh, Boys Podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, sir, I love it. I love it. So yeah, I'm, I have been. I've been doing this for a long time, mm. and uh, a lot of people don't, you know, realize how long I've actually been doing it because I really didn't like start pushing myself and being professional with it till around 2005. Okay. That's so still like, a long you know, time ago, bro. Well, not it, it is and it isn't. I mean, the thing is, is I started out in like 92, 93 doing like battle raps and, um, and stuff like that, trying to get into the scene. I put out my first mixtape in 2000, but, uh, Man, it sucked. It was horrible. Uh, well, at least but, you can be honest, man. Shit. Most people are like, no, nah, this shit is hot. It's like this. It's okay, man. You knew. It's it's not great nah, the first time. Nah, it, like, it, hey. it really did. It sucked. And then, like, uh, in my personal opinion, my first actual underground LP sucked. But a lot of people love it. Actually, it's still, to this day, the most high-selling CD I ever had. But, I mean, in my personal opinion, my... My delivery wasn't there yet. My my style wasn't, you know, defined yet. But, I mean, it, you know, a lot of people love that first CD. 
and uh, I put that out in 2005, and that's when I really started pushing this stuff on a more professional level, and really like uh, understanding, you know, how to publish my music, how to sell my music, how to make money off my music, how to promote myself, and shit like that. Prior to that, man, I mean, I was trying to get into it break into the scene i didn't know what i was doing it's hustling man you got to learn the ropes you can't teach that hustle you got to get out there and get your fucking hands dirty huh yeah you do and i mean you know like i said that that first lp i mean i learned so much recording that first cd you gotta you know you gotta understand like prior to that i had the the raw talent but i didn't know how to properly make a structured song so and it was just by a chance of luck that that even happened that I that I learned that I was actually bouncing at a rave club, and um, a friend of mine had just gotten out of the penitentiary, and he just happened to come into the club, and he was already to this point to where him and a couple other guys they had gotten the software called Cool Edit Pro and Fruity Loops and stuff, and they was they built a studio inside their bedroom of their apartment, and yeah, so you know like. They was like, man, you know, I know you flow, man, you know, blah, 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 back in the day. They was like, won't you come over and, and record something? These guys was on a higher level than I could ever even imagine when it came to having a music IQ and understanding how to count bars, how to make a structured track and all that. I didn't even know any of that shit. All I knew how to do was freestyle. Yeah. So, you know, and shout out, shout out to them cats. One of them's... Um, actually walking down a lot of time in the penitentiary. I think the last time I checked, he's got 13 years. Uh, that's my boy Camo. Shout out to him. And then my boy Existence and my boy Diamond. If it wasn't for them cats, man, I never would have done anything with it. And it was just by chance that it happened. But those guys, you're talking about four months nonstop. They took my raw talent and taught me everything they knew and then some and put me in the position that I am today. They put you through boot so, camp, huh? Yeah, they put me through camp. <laughs> that's uh, that's a tough thing to find, man. You know, some people go their whole lives and not find that. To to have yeah. somebody who's willing to show you the not the way they don't show you the path, they just show you the street, the sign. They go, here's the fucking sign. They teach you how to read it. You go, know, you can go this way, you can go this way. You do what the fuck you want to do, but understand there's consequences down both. So, do you yeah. think? <laughs> Most people don't get it. Game is sold, not told. <laughs> hey, you get up to the thing. The problem is there's ten different lanes. You know what I'm saying? There ain't just two. So that's that's the hard part. You need to know which one you're going down. And it's nice to have somebody that's been down a few of them to let you know. Hey, maybe <laughs> maybe skip all that bullshit and go this way. Yeah, it's so. a, you know, and the the thing is, is like I tell all these you know young cats is come in here, come into the game, and do it for the love and expect nothing and then see where it leads to, man. Cause, um, you know, like I told, uh, you know, our mutual friend, B Rob rambling Rob, you know, I told him, you know, I never expected for my career to go to where it has. I never expected any of this shit. I never expected to get out of the projects at all. I've been all over the United States with this music shit. I've met people who were childhood heroes of mine, who told me, man, I love your stuff, man. I've been I've been peeping you since MySpace. I love your stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's got to be pretty crazy, man. Just blow your mind a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like I try to tell people, you know, 
meeting these people that, you know, you looked up to as a child, it, it's a dream come true. So even doing that or even getting some kind of recognition from your peers, that should mean more to you than the money and all that. I always got the saying, if I did this for the money, my, my children would have done starved like Ethiopians. Man, you already told me you got like 27 kids, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I got nine of them and eight are at home still. Ooh, that's a lot of children's. God damn. Yeah. Anomaly. Yeah, and three of them are Three of them still in diapers, too, so. <laughs> Bruh, I got to teach you this move. It's called the step back. You know what, you know what the step back is, Anomaly? <laughs> it's where you take one step you, back, you ah, oh, and you, you get out. <laughs> Brother, and you know you what? Know, hey, you can call it a jump a jump back. Fuck, it's the same shit. Just one big fucking step. Just boop. You got you to gotta back up. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, is what I always tell people is because it shocks them when I say they have, I have that many children. They're all by the same woman. I've been with the same woman for nearly 17 years. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that you, so, you're out catting. That's fucking you putting in work. And I'm just saying, yeah. that's you need to work on your <laughs> technique, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody in Louisville will tell you anomaly got super sperm. God They'll tell you that. Damn. It's like that dude who was the, the football player just now. They said uh, he had a vasectomy and this is his second fucking kid. They said that dude's got linebacker jizz. You can't do shit about it. It's coming. He's making babies. <laughs> exactly. They breaking through the defensive line. It's a wrap. Uh, it's not so, good. I mean, it, and you know the thing is about that, seriously, is two of my children were conceived while she was on birth control. So yeah. go figure it's just, hey, the the universe works in mysterious ways. Sometimes you just find yourself in a situation. <laughs> Word to that, my brother. Word to that. So you're talking about being from Louisville, and um, mm-hmm. you guys got some, some problems up there in, in that neck of the woods. You, you sent me a video earlier. Uh, if you'd like to see it, it's yeah. an episode of the first 48 featuring the uh, – the projects that Mr. Anomaly grew up in. and uh, Yes, sir. Hey, man. Uh, you're, you're a fucking soldier. I'll say that. That's a tough life. I don't know. I don't know to that level, man. I mean, I've, I've experienced hardships and just really crazy situations and, and violence and abuse and shit, you know, but I just... God damn, I've been in some of these cities around. I was a bug guy for a few years, and so I got to travel into the city. And that was some of my favorite things, dude, like getting to meet people out in the hood. They were so cool. Like, I never had a problem because I was the bug man. Like, who? The f- why are you going to fuck with the bug man? Nobody fucks with the bug man. Nobody like cockroaches. What I'm the, the fucking weed-smoking bug man. I would come out there, and they would. I'd be putting my shit away, and i said, hey, some homeboy. And i go, what's up, man? And they go, you want to go spray my house for twenty dollars? And I'm like, fuck yeah! And I come down there and I spray it, and I would just, dude, I loved it. I would throw in like the extra heat, cause you know what I'm saying I'm gonna give you your bang for your buck for twenty dollars. You want to see some roaches die? So I walk up in there and I mean I listen. This is gonna happen, and you know you're gonna see some differences, but fucking <laughs> you gonna get your money's worth. And I come in there and light that shit up, and they'd be like, God damn, you killing the fuck out these bugs? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And I drive through the hood, and these motherfuckers oh, would throw deuces. You know what I'm saying? It was great. It, I was known in the hood. <laughs> I hey, loved it. The two most loved people in the hood, man, is is is, is the bug guy and the and the guy who hooked your bootleg cable up. Come on now. That's right, the cable man. Don't forget about him. <laughs> oh yeah, you got you, hey, you got to love the cable guy, man. It, it, 
shit. Get I your table hooked up for twenty dollars. Come on now. Listen, I wish that shit still existed right now. I'm paying two hundred fucking dollars for my cable, and the shit don't even work. Me and you both, but my shit works. And I got five sticks, so fuck all that. See, this podcast, <laughs> they like playing games, and they locked me into a contract, and I didn't get none of the good channels. They even took away, like, they gave me some good channels for, like, not the good good. Like, I didn't get HBO and shit, but I got, like, Vice and and the History nah. Channel Part 2 and shit like that. And they took it away after six months. And I was like, you bunch of motherfuckers. You got me. <laughs> Brother, Paul Boy, listen to me. Why don't you have a droid box? I don't even know what that is. Well, see, now I'm going to educate you. I'm going to educate all your listeners. All y'all out there, listen, all 11 of you, because I heard you and Hoppy's podcast. That's what's up. <laughs> um, <laughs> a droid box, you can order them online, okay? Now, what a droid box is, is it's got um, what they call jailbroken application on there called Cody, okay? K-O-D-I. You can watch any and every movie or TV channel you want on this motherfucker for free. All you got to do is buy that damn box. And not only... Can you just watch whatever movie you want on that motherfucker for free and all that good shit? You can also get an upgrade with every fucking video game you want on that bitch from Super Nintendo to Sega to Atari to motherfucking Nintendo 64, all that built into that bitch. So all you got to do is have this one little bitty fucking box and you don't ever have to pay for cable again. You just got to pay for your Wi-Fi. It's called the Droid Box. That is called the droid box. Matter well, of fact, I can send you a link to your Twitter after we get off here. I wish you fucking would, because I know what daddy's getting for Christmas. Shit. Hey, and, and believe it or not, man, you can get, I'm, I'm going to let y'all in on a secret, because see, we got, because um, like you said, the cable guy ain't around no more, because they hip to that shit. Yeah. So what we got out here is we got the droid man, or the fire stick man, okay? Yeah, yeah. And he'll he'll sell you a, a, a jailbroken fire stick or a jailbroken droid box for seventy five to eighty dollars, and then you won't ever have to worry about it again as long as you got Wi Fi. But you can get on this little site that I'm sure people have seen on Facebook a million times called Wish dot com, and you can order them motherfuckers for twenty five dollars. That's the fire stick. No, that's the droid box. The droid box is only twenty five dollars. Yeah. Oh, shit, I'm gonna get two. I don't even care. Yeah, hey. <laughs> hey, yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Now, the only thing you do got to do is you got to upgrade Cody every six months. They'll upgrade Cody. You got to make sure you upgrade the Cody app because they're like on 18.0 right now. And when I got mine originally, they was on 16. So you got to update that bitch. But other than that, man, fuck Cody. Well, being that it's shared the way that it is, it's probably they got to keep upgrading to stay ahead, you know. It's hard to hustle yeah. these days. <laughs> Hustling For got sure. hard. <laughs> Yeah. Well, look here. I'm gonna. I definitely want to get to uh, your new song. I I was looking mm-hmm. through your your catalog. What I what I got, and I found some shit I like. I really like trap music. <laughs> I wouldn't consider what I do trap music, but hey, no, no, you know hey. if that, if that's what you consider it. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't let other people. I don't worry about what other people label my music. I consider it more reality music. Right. It's you know. When you listen to my music, I'm going to tell you this right now. It is shit I live through. Ain't no exaggerations or bullshit or anything like that. I really, Anything I rap about, I've lived through it. I've seen it. I've, I've dealt with it. It ain't no bullshit. Now, you know, I'm at a point in juncture in my life right now. I'm almost 40 years old. 
I'm a father of nine. I got eight of them at home and all this responsibility falls on me. I'm not necessarily still out there doing some of that shit that I said, you know, back in the day, but back then that's where I was at. That was the level I was on in my mind and what I was doing. So, you know, I want everybody to understand when they hear my music that this is really me. This is actually me. I ain't bullshitting or acting. I really came up in the streets. I grew up real fucking hard. The streets raised me. My neighborhood raised me. I was homeless for three years. I've dealt with a lot of shit in my life, and I put my soul on these tracks for everybody to hear my story. So long after I'm dead and gone, y'all can understand where I came from, what I dealt with, and how I lived my life. It's a... It's a lot, bro. It's a lot to come through. And you're a fucking you're a soldier. I mean, call it what it is. You are a soldier to the street. <laughs> I, I got well, Hey, man. Else. I salute you as well, because I know you took a bullet to the face, and you sitting here doing a podcast, so you're a bad motherfucker yourself. So I salute you. I mean, I think it's... If you can agree with my mentality of it, it's at the time I had gone through so much shit, that I said, I'm not fucking going today. You ain't finna stop me. And that's one thing that I'll say. I may not be the fastest. I may not be the biggest. But God damn it. I will outheart you. I promise you will not break me. <laughs> it won't happen. That's real. I'm solid as that's a motherfucking you can't rock. Keep, you can't teach heart, brother. You can't teach heart. <laughs> and uh, it's tough sometimes. And I'm sure you get it too. When you see the way the world's kind of changed. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into it because I know you talked about it with Rob. This new, this new breed, the mumble raps. <laughs> Look here. I saw something the other day that made me laugh. You remember, what was it, a couple months ago? at the? It was an award show where them three Migos cats, the three Migos. You, you talking about it when Joe Budden walked off on them? When Joe Budden walked off, them three cats <laughs> stood up looking like Prince in the Revolution. And it, I have a real problem with it. This so we're in a world today, and let me explain something to you. You ain't real if you fucking shoot somebody. We come from a time where you used to settle shit with your hands. When you get your fucking when you get your fucking dome rocked and you end up in the hospital the next day, you get to think about that shit and you learn about respect. Oh yeah. You learn about honor, you learn about keeping your fucking mouth shut. The deal is this: it don't take a real motherfucker to pull a trigger. People, used you know, to, people used to demand respect. And you know, the thing is, is is now that you delve into that, I'm gonna tell you something that I, that I tell my boys, and I tell a lot of young cats out here in the streets. I tell them that too. There is nothing that builds more character in a young man than his first grown man ass whooping. Then get in your ass whipped. <laughs> you are goddamn. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> And, you know, that's something, I, you know, um, on Gangs of New York, that's one of my favorite movies. And um, when um, Bill the Butcher tells Leo DiCaprio after he got done banging uh, Cameron Diaz, yeah, he's he telling did. him about when his father whooped his ass, when Priest Valen whooped that ass. And he's telling him that. That's, that built character in Bill. Now, Bill took it to another level because he was a sick fuck in that movie and cut his eyeball out for looking, the wrong, looking away when he went to kill him. But that builds character. A grown man ass whooping will build character in a motherfucker quicker than anything else. I'm telling you. I got scars on my face to prove it. <laughs> Shit, I got them on my head. I, dude, I look like a pit bull, like one of them old wore out ass pit bulls. 
cuts. You know, I'm fucking, I got them all over, bro. My scars, it's my past, man. You learn from that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, and it's the truth, you know. And, uh, you know, that's something I've told all my boys. Because, I mean, well, except for my youngest boy. But I got five boys. And three of my boys are literally a year apart. They are back to back to back. Okay. And I tell them all that. I tell them all the time. I'm like, nothing is going to build character in you like a grown man ass whooping. Because when that happens, it's going to change you as a human being. It's going to change you as an individual. Yep. It's going to mature you. But let's pray that you live a life to where that don't happen. But, you know, in this world nowadays, you never can't tell. Because, like you said, the world has become pussyfied, and everybody wants to shoot. And it don't matter how good your hands, hands are. You can be Chuck Norris combined with Bruce Lee's love child. Motherfucker, pull that forty cal out and put a bullet in you. You're done. We had an incident here in Little Rock a couple months ago. Uh, Memphis-based rapper talking that shit. Promo pictures with an SK standing there. He was looking out the wrong peep site, by the way. He was holding it wrong, like, you know what I'm saying? Looking down the fucking site. It was at a two-story uh, nightclub here in downtown Little Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cats were on stage. They started talking that bullshit. Somebody emptied a couple clips in that room. There was it was it was crazy. There's video recording of it. Um, the thing is, when you start talking that real shit, you're inviting that real shit. Yeah, I saw a dude the other so? day on the SoundCloud. His name was Triple X School Shooter, right? And I watched 13 seconds of this dude's video, and he was probably 19 to 25. Young kid walking around, and he was holding a, like a golf club or a pipe. I don't know what it was. It wasn't even a gun, but he was just like, Pratt, Pratt, I fucking shoot motherfuckers, Pratt, Pratt. And it was just like, you're going to really, you're going to have a problem the day you run into a real fucking gangster, bro. Like, you don't even know. Yeah. You don't get it. Like, somebody will shoot you in your fucking head. Oh, bring, quickly. Bring and, I mean, that's something that, that <laughs> a lot of people don't get. These streets don't play. You can get another saying that I have. And, I mean, you got me over here all on these sayings. And, uh, Do some sayings. I love sayings. All right. A saying I got is it happens to the best of them out here on these streets. Don't think for a minute it ain't going to happen to the worst of them. Because, yeah. you know... You know, something I've said a million times, some of the toughest men I knew in my whole life died before they was 20. And I mean, that, that's real shit, real shit. I've, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I mean, I've buried so many of my friends and so many of them died so damn young. And so many of my, my, my friends and families in the penitentiary right now. And, you know, I've seen it and I know what happens and these streets are not a game, and that's the problem is there's been a glorification of the streets more or less recently, and then is there's been a softening of the new generation to where they're wearing these little tight jeans and, and dressing in sissy outfits and shit. It, it, it doesn't bode well for when you meet up with that, that old head who's 45, 50 years old, been on these streets his whole life, and you walk up to him with these skinny-ass jeans on and this blouse talking about you're a fucking thug wearing lipstick and get your cap peeled back. It just, it's not a good combination. It's fast, too. This fast. Yep. Bam. It's over. Shut the fuck up. You ain't about that <laughs> shit. Why you falling to the ground with a bullet in your fucking head. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's, that's the reality of, of shit. And it, 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 it amazes me because if you ever watched uh, the show Boondocks, I do. I like they kind of, yeah, well, they kind of predicted all this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the funniest thing is they, they really predicted this. They was talking about, you know, the, the sissy-fiedness of, of rap and how they used rap culture as a way to sissify the world. You know, the other thing is this, and I thought about this all day because you know what? I'm going to, everybody, we got off track. I want to play your song right quick. I'm going to give it like a 30 second. Okay. Just to, yeah. So this is just a piece. You guys check it out. I'll tell you one thing though. Ever saw a rich man didn't wind up with a guilty conscience. So, the difference between the Migos and Anomaly is, I believe what you're saying. <laughs> Not in the sense, I don't think you'd ride around all day shooting people, but I'm saying, like, I believe that in your lifetime, you had to live that life. Like, pull a gun on somebody. Fucking, what's up? I mean, you try know, me. the me. South and the Louisville is like a I'm rough area. It really is. The thing is, man, and I, it got me thinking. I've said this on a previous show. Like, that's what happened to Tupac. And you know what? I don't give a fuck what you – not what you think, but I'm saying I'll talk to you. Uh, I think the whole reason Tupac fucking got shot is because he was the first prime example of a motherfucker who took uh, took the other life. He didn't come up that way. Now, he may have had some problems and might have got a little rough, but he wasn't a fucking gangster. Okay? Biggie Smalls was well, a gangster. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? You know, the thing is, is, is there's an interview you can really pick up on on the whole Tupac situation. In um, It was done by MC8, um, who I don't know if your listeners know who MC8 is, but he was a real famous artist in the, in the mid-'90s. And he was part of a group called Compton's Most Wanted, and he is a well-known L.A. gangbanger. And he's a well-known Trag New Park Crip. And he did an interview where he talked about what happened to Tupac and who really killed Tupac, why Tupac got killed, and all that. And basically, and this is for all your listeners, and you can look up to this interview and see what happened, Tupac got killed for flip-flopping. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Tupac, when he first went to L.A., he clipped up with a crew called Marina County Crips, and he was with them. And then when he went out to Oakland and he hooked up with, with, with all them, and then he hooked up with Suge Knight, he started representing Bounty Hunter Bloods. He was killed by the Crips. He was killed by a Crip named Baby Lane, who was affiliated with EZE and them, actually. And Baby Lane is also dead now. So the person that killed Tupac, everybody talks about who, who killed Tupac, blah, 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 blah. It is a fact in the hip-hop world that Baby Lane 
killed Tupac. And then t- t- Tupac's assassination was revenge and Baby Lane was also killed. So, you know, that's basically what happened to Pac. Am I going to sit here and say that Tupac was a, a bloodthirsty, hardcore, super gangster? I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say the man could hold his own, you know, out on the streets and everything. He just got caught up in bullshit he shouldn't have been involved in, especially at that point in juncture in his life to where he was really the most famous hip-hop artist in the world. Everyone knew who Pac was. He was in everybody's video. He was in everybody's movies. He went from 1990 to 1996 and left an archive of work that is still being put out to this day as some of the greatest music in the history of the planet. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that he was, you know, Bishop in, um, in Jukes. He wasn't nothing like that. But he did what he had to do to survive out on the streets. And, you know, that's the whole core basis of it is people can say, oh, well, Pac went to a Baltimore school for acting. Pac did this, Pac did that. Pac did do all that. But at the same time, when Pac got to L.A. at a young, tender age, Pac got involved in that lifestyle in California of of gangbanging. And it took him down two separate roads because he wasn't from L.A. He was from New York and Baltimore, and then he moved to L.A. So then he got affiliated with all these, this gang lifestyle, and he thought it was okay to jump from one gang to the next. And that's what got him got. I'm sorry, I just went into that whole big story, but I've, like, delved into the Tupac mystery and stories for a very long time and uncovered a lot of shit. You didn't... I appreciate you going off on fucking Tupac, man. That was great. Like, I've... I think it's fucked up because what got him killed was misrepresenting. And that's what I think a lot of people nowadays are doing. Like, the gangs aren't the same. It's not the same as it was back then. Back then, it was like, you know what? If I'm completely out of line, can I just, can I tell you what my outside looking in opinion is? Go right ahead. I think that when the Crips, the Bloods, the shit, the original OG Compton, what, you know, that whole shit started. It was a, a band of fucking motherfuckers who had a hard, hard life at the time. And maybe didn't have father figures. They didn't have brothers. They didn't have anybody watching their back. And shit was getting just crazy in, in the areas they lived. And so they banded together and said, God damn it. it we're a family. You fucking, you fight for me, I'll fight for you. We're soldiers. We, This is my spot. <laughs> and for a long time... They started picking up other members. They would pick up new people, you know, work people in. But this is, you're just building an army, basically, to protect your spot. It used to be about family, like people that you would fucking die for because, you know, I've been through the same shit you've been through. And then they started making money. There's all kinds that of, changes a lot. Listen, there's all kinds of way to do dirt. You got drugs. You got chop shops running numbers. You can do protection. There's pimping, you know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of ways to make money. And originally, it's about the squad. Everybody shares, everybody's happy. But eventually, the movies like Scarface and Godfather and shit, people figure out that, uh, you know, you can be a Don, you can be the king at the table and get the big piece of chicken. The big piece of chicken. When the power, when the power shifted, people took to it, but we were still fighting then. We weren't, we weren't always shooting. We were just letting people know, like, God damn it, don't make me come down here and wreck your shit. That was like late 90s, mid 90s, you know what I'm saying? We were out of the the early 90s, the boys in the hood, like motherfuckers just getting killed. We were working through that. The crack came in, everything, dude, shit got crazy and money started building up. And then 
somewhere in the middle there, the the respect turned from just being like a group effort to individual respect shit. Like nowadays, these people would just shoot somebody for go oh, you fucking you know. You did this, you did that. Robbery became a big part of it too, I think. Like at first you were yeah. out there doing your dirt, you make your money. But when people started robbing people, that was when shit got crazy. And I'm sorry, I don't believe in stealing. You can do whatever kind of dirt you need to do. I don't believe in stealing. You're a piece of shit. That's an easy way to get it. And you don't deserve it. Don't fucking steal from me. Ever. <laughs> That's some bullshit. Yeah. Get out there and work well, for that money. There's plenty of ways to make it. You can you can do whatever you need to do, but stealing is is not a good way to go because it, it turns a person. Well, you know the thing is 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 I I won't speak too much on about the the inner workings of shit like that and stuff that goes on like that. But I will say that you know there's a, there used to be now there used to be there's not now, but there used to be a code that you live by an honor amongst thieves and i don't mean thieves like crim- criminals like that you know like just a thief or whatnot but it was an actual code that was co- it was an honor amongst thieves that would if you was in the streets there was a certain code you went by a way you carried yourself a, a way of etiquette the rules of proper etiquette and i'm not going to sit here and go into what the rules of proper etiquette are because neither you're taught them or you're not and i'm not going to get into it right but there's not too many who live by that old code anymore. And that's, that's a code that I still live by. That's a code of honor. I live by is the rules of etiquette. I don't ever go any into anything like, like a young little bitch would, which what I mean is a young little bitch will just kill anybody. He'll injure a, uh, an innocent woman or an innocent child just to do what they feel they need to do and stuff like that. That's against proper etiquette. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm saying proper etiquette, then you just need to get the fuck out of the streets because you're fake. It's just that damn simple, and I'll say it to your damn face. Plain and simple, if you do not know the rules of proper etiquette and know how to carry yourself, you have no business out here on these streets. You have no business anywhere, period, because you are a fake little bitch, and no one ever taught you the right ways. So, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, I mean, the whole street life gang life and shit like that. It's, it's nothing to be glorified for one. It's something that it's a product of your environment, you know, and that's one of my favorite sayings as well. It's P O M E product of my environment. If you are in that environment and you're raised in that environment, that you really don't have much of a chance because it's what you're influenced by. I got a cousin, right? My cousin was raised in the suburbs of Louisville. Okay. Uh-oh. Guess what he is? Guess what he is? At 18 years of age, he went to the went to the U.S. Navy. He got out of the Navy. He's a postal worker now. Okay. This is my cousin. That's good. Okay. The great life. You know why? Because that was the environment that he was in. That was his environment. Me, on the other hand, my mama raised me and my brother on a check of $220 a month. My daddy was a piece of shit, drug addict, drug dealing, dirt pimp bastard. And that's the truth. My dad ran the projects 24 hours a day, came home once a week to take a damn bath, didn't ever give us shit, didn't ever teach us nothing, didn't ever give us no money. This bastard would have a pocket full of money, and he wouldn't give us a damn dime. He stole my mama's food stamps and sold them for more dope so he could get back on. Any amount of money he had neither went to his to 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 fucking bitches, heroin in his damn veins, or, or liquor in his body. I grew up on the streets. 
plain and simple. I was thrown out into the streets. By the time I was 13 years old, I wasn't listening to a damn thing my mama said. So, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's the, um, that's the whole basis of what I'm saying is, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, the, the main thing that I'm getting at is that was the environment that I was brought up in. Now I'm 13 years old and what do I see? I go outside, I see drug dealers. I see gangsters. This is what I see. My daddy was this as is. So, you know, the only thing I ever seen out of him was what he was doing. So now I'm seeing all this. So what do I think I'm supposed to be at that young of an age? Okay. I guess that's what I'm supposed to be. Guess what my cousin's mother was. They grew up in the suburbs. His mother worked at the post office. Why do you think he's a postal worker now? You're a product of your environment. But for somebody to actually have a opportunity and not be in that environment and have an opportunity to do something other than that and then not do it is, is an insult. Makes you angry. That's what I <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's like a glorification of a lifestyle that has nothing to be glorified about. Your main intention should be, as a young man, to get out of this. But, you know, that's the problem is modern era has glorified this shit to a point to where young little kids in the suburbs now, they want to grow up and be a damn gangster. They want to grow up and be a damn kingpin. Yeah. They want to grow up and, you know, floss gang colors and shit. That ain't fucking reality. Try it. <laughs> Yeah, motherfucker. Try it. Let me know how that works. Yeah, because it ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. You're not little chicken you know, head. You know what I'm saying? You're not fucking big, big, I don't even know the names of these motherfuckers anymore. I give up. Uh, you know, it, it, it's like I told Ramblin' Rob on his show, and I'm trying not to get into the same things I said to, to Rob on your show. Okay, yeah, but we can, we can blend a little. That's what I say. Rob, listen, motherfucker. You got to him first, and I appreciate that because I got Foxy first, so now we're one and one. I got you. I got you, motherfucker. <laughs> but anyways, what I said was is um, a couple years back, I got to meet Young Bleed yeah. from uh, No Limit. And when I met him, I was starstruck. You know, this is the guy who did How You Do That There. This is the guy who was on music videos who put out one of the greatest hip-hop CDs in the history of hip-hop with my balls in my work. Damn. I'm in other arm right now. You know, and he's over there, and, you know, he came up to us, and he was shooting pool. I actually um, met him through Hoppy. Hoppy Rodge introduced us. And um, I'm shooting pool with this man. I'm in other arm. I was still starstruck meeting him this far in now. You know, this is... At the time when I met him was 2015. I'm in utter awe of this man. You could put me in a damn room with the Migos or Little Yachty or whatever. I ain't going to be starstruck. I'm going to be looking like, who the fuck are you jokers? Because they're nothing to me. They're, they're a joke to me. You know, that's, that, and that's where I get into the whole thing of what Mike Tyson said here recently. The, the, somebody asked Mike Tyson, they said, what's the difference between these young men now boxing and you when you was coming up? And he said, the difference is, is I was raised to be a killer. These boys was raised to be businessmen. Mike Tyson dropping knowledge. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson's dropping knowledge. Hey, Mike was a fucking killer. I tell you what, I haven't listened to his music. I don't know if he does the the mumbly raps, but there's this dude I've seen lately, that 21 Savage kid. Mm-hmm. I wonder about him. 
Like he seems like even you know I I don't know what his background is, but the motherfucker got shot like six times, didn't he? Like, <laughs> look, I saw him on TV the other day, and he took his sunglasses off, and you can see it. Anomaly, you know as well as I do. If I were to stand in front of you right now and look you in your fucking eye, you would see it in me, and I would see it in you. Like it's it's a look. <laughs> it's yeah. He's got it. Little Wayne's got it too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Lil Wayne say, used to have he it. He used to have it. I'll give you that. I will fucking give you that. He was a little boy, but he was doing dirt when he was little. Yeah. I think that's fucking Birdman's problem. I felt kind of bad for him when he clicked on The Breakfast Club and Charlemagne when he did the whole po- Yeah. He was really mad, but there wasn't shit. He did it the wrong way. You know, you can't just roll up and fucking plug a motherfucker anymore. What you gonna do? Walk up and shoot Charlemagne? <laughs> you can't do that. Nah, come on. You buddy. can't do that, buddy. You gotta I mean, reel it in a little. <laughs> he was. About if you to wanna, cry. Um, he was just like, I ain't gonna fucking talk about it no more. You put some respect on yeah. my name, like, and I was just like, listen, Birdman. I know it's a different nah. time. He's just an old gangster, kinda. Yeah. That's a rough fucking neighborhood down there. I've been through Hollygrove. That's that's some rough shit down there. Yeah, it is. It's, it's um, you know, the thing is about that area is it's it's still really rural. They're they're a throwback town. I mean, they really are. And that's, that's something I like about New Orleans. Honestly, is they still have the old way of doing things. Yeah. New Orleans is still trapped in time. I I actually love that personally. But I, I mean, if you want to talk about young times. kids in the game though, that's really doing things that's that's more or less. I would call them. They should be mainstream, but these little fucking mumble rappers are keeping them out of the mainstream. Montana of 300 is killing shit right now. That kid is out of Chicago. If you ain't heard that boy, listen to that boy. That boy is on some shit. He is brilliant. He is a he is a cutthroat MC. That boy's vocabulary is phenomenal. Uh, another guy I, I really I'm I'm digging is Lil Dirk, Moneybag Yo. Them cats is. They're doing something, and and what they're talking about is really real. It's shit you could tell they're real about that shit. They've done been through that shit. I can't feel amigos. <laughs> I just can't feel them. I can't feel no little yachty. I mean, to me, they look like prison bitches. I mean, personally, they look like somebody to be folding my drawers and giving me their commissary. That's just what they remind me of. I think I saw a video of uh, the little yachty, the one with the beads in his head. Yeah. 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 Little Cheeto head. That's right. No, um, <laughs> he's killing me. <laughs> it's weird, man. Like, it's a different time, but people just they don't have the respect anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys grew up in in a rough fucking time in the world, and uh, like you said, people want to live that life, but it's like you really don't know. Like, you don't. No, you have no idea. Like what your day-to-day could be from, you know, having somebody walk in and kick your fucking bed every morning and say, get up, bitch, you know what I'm saying, to gunshots. Gunshots. That's my alarm clock. Bullets. What's up? Yeah. I'll tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a funny story, man. And uh, you're going to laugh at this, okay? This this happened when I was 23 years old, okay? And I I had my own little apartment, and um, it was actually in uh, downtown Louisville on the east side which is a rough spot. There, there's a lot of rough spots in Louisville. The east side's a pretty rough spot. I was, uh, I was about two blocks away from a housing project known as Shepherd Square, which was a very rough neighborhood. But um, I was asleep in my back bedroom with my baby mama, my girl I've been with for almost 17 years. 
Me and her was in the back room asleep. My cousin, who's in prison right now, he's serving, he's serving 27 years in the penitentiary right now. And he ain't even halfway done. But uh, my cousin Shorty and his baby mama was in the living room asleep, okay? And we was doing, you, you would more or less say we was hustling at that time. We was doing stuff that was drawing attention to us. And long story short, around three in the morning, someone kicked in my damn door. Yeah. And... It startled us. We weren't expecting it. It was 2.33 in the morning on a weekday. We wasn't expecting it. We had just went to bed about two hours before that. We were we were stoned. And these motherfuckers kicked in our door with the intent to rob us. Okay. My cousin jumps up before I did. I didn't even think to grab my piece or nothing because I was shook. I was like, what the fuck? Because I just hear the glass break on the door. I hear my cousin say, if you come any more closer, I will gut you. Is what I hear my cousin say. So I come in, right, and I'm thinking I grabbed my, my uh, samurai sword. I actually had a samurai sword on the um, the corner of my wall. Yeah. I grabbed the sheath. I grabbed the sheath. You know why I grabbed the sheath? Because my cousin had grabbed the samurai sword. Already. And my cousin Shorty had took the samurai sword because when the guy kicked in the door, the pistol was still in his waist. And he put the sword right to his gut to where he couldn't get that pistol. And he said, if you come any closer, I will gut you. And this motherfucker and his two homies that tried to kick in our door ran off. Well, they did kick in our door, but they ran off. And, you know, the thing is, is that now that, you know, I'm older now because I'm almost 40 years old now. I'm just a few months away from 40. This happened when I was 23. My girlfriend was pregnant at the time. Okay. His girlfriend was pregnant at the time. We almost lost our lives, all four of us, because if these motherfuckers would have gotten in there, they would have killed us. We almost lost our lives that night just because of something like that. And I really got caught slipping because I was nowhere near, you know, my piece. My cousin had done grab my sword, and I came charging into the living room half naked with a sheath to a samurai sword. So there's, there's there's a reality story for you. The motherfucker brought a knife to a gunfight, and he won. That's how you. Yeah, he did win. Listen, that's how you bring a knife to a gunfight, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like I said, he's um, he's got 27 years in the penitentiary right now because he was really about that life, and he's in there right now for shooting somebody, and he didn't even kill him, but he was a he was a a PFO, a persistent felony offender, and he wasn't supposed to have a firearm, and he was put in a position to where. he felt like he had to defend his life. He really was. And he shot this man in, in, in the stomach. The guy had to have his spleen removed and shit. And they gave my cousin 27 years in the penitentiary. Yeah, it's really fucked up, man. I mean, we talked earlier. Sorry. I told you I've got a felony charge that I haven't gotten. It's sealed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can't see it. I can say on a job application because it's treated like it didn't happen technically. But... I still can't have a gun. Like I, I have to literally get a pardon from the governor to, in order to have a gun. And it's just like, fuck it, man. I don't need it. <laughs> I hear you. But, I mean, you know, that's just something for, you know, all you kids that may be listening to this podcast or that's whatnot and everything. That, that, that shows you what, what beat about this life is about, you know. Sometimes you get My cousin, your door kicked in. Yeah. And I mean, my cousin, you know, right now, he, you know, we got, we got out of that situation and it could have been really bad, but that man's doing 27 years in the penitentiary. Man. He's got two daughters that are, he's got three daughters that are full, that are all, two of them are full grown. And one of them's almost full grown. They don't even know who the hell he is. 
You know, that's that's what that's what this lifestyle, you know, that's the if you want to glorify this lifestyle, that's what it leads to. I, that's why I yeah. tell these young cats, man, don't don't set out to do this. That's what's up. It's this is the reality for most of y'all. Some of y'all will make it. This is what's going to happen to most of you. You know what I'm saying? If you want to fucking run around and run your mouth and be about it, then understand this is this is what happens. Yeah. That's a hard it reality, is. man. That, that's a hard fucking day, you know. Just thinking about I mean, you know, every goddamn day, somebody fucking flips on the light. Ooh. I mean, I'm so, I'm sorry when you know we've been talking. I've accidentally interrupted you. I didn't mean to do that. That's a that's a my bad on my part. But once I get to talking about stuff like this, I get real passionate about it because. I want people to understand, you know, just because I'm telling you about my life, you know, don't mean go out here and try to live my life because that ain't what I'm doing. I'm trying to to put something out there to where y'all understand what I've been through. And then somebody who's been going through the same shit can relate to it. And then at the same time, you can hear and realize how fucking bad things really are. In, in our own backyard, and ain't nobody really been doing a damn thing to, you know, stop it because they've put us in a position to where we are set up to fail. And then they've set themselves into a position to where when we fail, we're worth money to them like a corporation. Every inmate that goes into the penitentiary is worth thousands of the modern person's tax dollars. Thousands. It's a business. And then they have them doing labor for pennies on the dollar, 15 cents a day. They got them in there doing labor. So then they're getting free labor off of them at the same retort. So, I mean, you have to understand that the way the system has been built up and set up, it is set up for the, the, the have-nots, the lower class and the poor people to fail and stay down so the people who have been up can stay up and they can pass it on to their generations to come and keep us down on the lower levels as slaves Killing each other and fighting for a piece of, of bread that falls off the table while they're cleaning their plates at the top of the pot. It's like the Matrix. I'm serious. Like it's they're like batteries. They're like batteries to a machine. And once you're in it, you're in it, man. And it could take your whole yeah. life. Could you imagine? Listen, have you ever been to prison or jail for a long period of time? I'm, I'm, I prefer not to speak on that one. I'm sorry. Okay, perfect. I spent. <laughs> it is nothing not offensive. I just prefer not to speak on that. No, no, no. It's I totally understand. I had a situation where it just so happened I found a sleazy bail bondsman and I spent one night in jail. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a hardened criminal by any means. I had an interesting evening and I, I actually slept for about 35 minutes. So, you know, it was it was uncomfortable and it sucked. And I was like, man, this this fucking place isn't good. Nobody no. fucked with me. I didn't get beat up, but I it was late and there were a lot of drunk people. I did see there was a fucking uh, there was a big fat dude and a skinny black dude that was asleep on the bench there. So I had laid down and I was kind of sitting there, you know, just my, my a friend of mine had died. And we got arrested on some shit. It's a long story. But anyway, it was a long day. And I remember the big fat dude fell asleep. So when I laid down, he was snoring. I mean, he was like 400 pounds and a biker. like So in like blue jeans, like denim, you know what I'm saying? Uh, a vest with a black t-shirt. Big fat dude. Yeah. He's sitting there. And then a little fucking black dude that looked like Tyrone Biggums. No shit. He was a little crackhead. And so I fell asleep. 
and I wake up to them talking, and he goes, "Hey, man, I think I've seen you in here before." To the 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 black dude said to the biker, and the biker goes, "Yeah, you know, I've been in here a couple times before." And he goes, "Well, what was it? Let me see. Are you?" Hey, wait, aren't you the motherfucker that tried to buy some crack with a check? And the big biker dude started laughing. He goes, yeah, that was me. And they just, they laughed and they had a moment. And I was just kind of like, this is what the reality is for some people. Like, they just, they hang out in jail. And they're like, hey, you the motherfucker that bought crack with a check. Like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one. (laughs) Life is tough, man. Crack with a check. Life is hard for some people, and it's upsetting when other people just try to take the, they take the sting out of it. Like you don't understand what it's like, dude. So why are you acting like you do? Try it. Don't try it. <laughs> maybe you I should. You what, maybe man. you should try it. There's maybe a, try. Um, walk up to your local yeah. gangster and slap him in his fucking face and see what happens. That's just. I'm just saying. Give it a shot. It ain't gonna be pretty. You'll learn. I tell you what. Um. Um, there's a there's an app you can get on your phone now. Um, it's called JPay. Now uh, I don't know if y'all know what JPay is, but uh, JPay is an app to where you can write and send money to your loved ones who are in the penitentiary incarcerated. And I'm gonna tell you, I send a lot of money and send a lot of emails corresponding back and forth with with my family members and loved ones that's in the penitentiary. And it's nowhere you want to be, man. That that much I will assure you. You do not want to go there. And a lot of you don't even realize that the, the styles you're wearing and the clothes you're wearing and the hairstyles you got, you wear that in the penitentiary and it automatically means you're a punk. That means you are available to be fucked as a man. You are saying you are available to be fucked. Like, I'm just going to break something down to you. The man bun originated in the penitentiary motherfuckers if you have a man bun in the penitentiary that means you are available to be fucked you are a you are a homosexual in jail you are a woman in jail so don't go in there with a man bun y'all sagging your little pants and all that bullshit guess what that means that's not a lie that means you are available to be fucked that means you are available to be pimped you are looking for a daddy motherfucker so you don't want to come into that lifestyle you know, and then go to the penitentiary and think you're going to be all right because you're not. You're going to wind up somebody's bitch. You're going to be somebody's bitch, and you're going to try to work your way up to the ranks praying for somebody to die so they'll forget that you were a prison bitch. You just made my day. I don't like man buns, so I'm going to say that to anybody that I see with one. I'll be like, hey, man, you know in jail you'd be getting fucked right now. That's gonna be my Indeed, they be, getting, they be getting traded off for honey buns. That's what they. I bet that's what they call them when you tie up your hair. They call them a honey bun. Hey man. <laughs> hey man, honey buns is high commodities in jail, buddy. That's true. You got honey buns or ramen noodles, boy. You the richest man in that bitch. You get a honey bun. You can cut that bitch in half and put some peanut butter in there and some chocolate syrup. You can doctor that shit up. It'll be all right. Man, they better watch out. They start advertising like that. They're gonna be thinking they toss salads in there. They know about tossing salads, right? Man, you ever microwave one of them fucking honey buns? That's the magic right well, there. Well, for sure. Some I'm just saying, do you hey. like if, if you ever go to jail or any of your listeners ever go to prison and somebody asks you if you toss salads, you ain't going to like where that's headed because you're going to be licking asshole with chocolate syrup in it. Oh, damn. How much do you think chocolate syrup goes for in jail? <laughs> hey, man, that's some weird. There's a, there's a well-known uh, 
inmate that was on a uh, Louisville lockup that was here in, um, that's here in Kentucky. And, uh, his name's decorator and he, he's well known because he was on lockup. I love on, that show um, on MSNBC. Yeah. Uh, the show lockup. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've seen like every fucking episode. I'm obsessed. Well, with then it. you, when they was in uh, Louisville, when they was in Kentucky prisons, they, they showed a guy on there named decorator. He is no joke. That's a fact. You don't want to go into prison and meet decorator. <laughs> It sounds there's like there's guys in there day. that's doing life in prison that's going to die in prison that do not care that think you look like a supple little woman. You, you don't want to be part of that. They don't fuck you because you like it. They just want to take it from you. They're just like, hey, buddy, what's up? I like to fuck people. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to get fucked. And he's like, that's too bad because I, I, I like fucking people. So <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you going to do? fucked up world. Yeah. Well, look here, man. We've been going for an hour, so I know Whew, you said you would do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it's all good. I, I I fucking put a spot right here. Just marked it because I know you said you do forty-five to an hour. We just hit an hour, so I didn't want to disrespect you and take your time. Well, um, before before we um, you know, before we conclude, I did not expect this interview to go to this direction but hey it's all good uh i'm praying somebody gets something good out of this podcast um you know um this has been an honor to be on um on this on this podcast poor poor boy representing um uh you know i want to give a shout out to my group infamous society um rad oliver um Zach, Mr. Catastrophic Wolf, that's my group, Infamous Society. If you go on YouTube and you look up Infamous Society, you can pull up all our concert videos for the past three years. They are all on YouTube, all our live shows, and we put on one hell of a show. So all you promoters out there in the U.S., if you want to, you know, book us, um, email me at um, anomaly4949 at gmail.com. You can also pre-buy my CD and um, pre-buy the um, the fan pack for the Revelation CD, which is my last solo CD, at that PayPal address. Um, I want to give a shout-out to all the Louisville artists, all of us out here doing things, because Louisville is the most competitive underground hip-hop scene on the planet. It, there may not be as much unity as you see in other places, but we are competitive and we make ourselves better. And, I, and that means, you know, everybody from Defiant with Mike Deasy, Chad Dundee, the living legend Buckshot, Nappy Roots, um, all of y'all, man. I love all of y'all. Off top, this is, this is our time. You're talking about the most competitive, and I will say it once again, the most competitive underground market in the United States is Louisville, Kentucky, because we're all striving to be the best, and we make ourselves more professional. When other people are still recording in closets with microphones hanging out of them, we're finding ways to make our sounds more professional. We're editing, we're mixing, we're mastering, we're promoting our shit, we're publishing our shit with BMI. We are getting our shit out there, TuneCore, all that shit. Much love to all of y'all. I tell you what, I'm glad that you admitted that some of the other stuff was rough. Because some of the other stuff was rough. But I've listened through different periods. Basically what I did, I got like a crash course on your your musical lineup. And ending (laughs) ending with the song that you gave me, which is for your upcoming album, correct? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You've come a long way. You've lived through a lot of shit. And I think that for an artist... 
all I can say is is you you represent. Put put you anywhere, you're the realest dude in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not all. That's not too much to say. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, the fact I, I, I wouldn't you, even say that. I'm just. I'm just me. I'm just trying to be the best me I can be. But yeah, that uh, that first song you played, that was actually recorded in a bedroom with my boy Sleep and my boy Rusty Nails. We was on that track. It's called South End. If you ever want to listen to it all in entirety on SoundCloud, but uh, yeah, everything that, on uh, SoundCloud like that's a rough whole... track. Hey man, you've got a lot of shit on there. So take your time, go through it. You'll see the evolution. And uh, shit, if you want, I'll wrap it up. We can play off your new album if you want to promote that. Give me the the name of the album. You know, what's when's the drop date? What's going on? Well, the new album and the last solo album for me is called Revelations, and it's going to be released. The only thing that's that's on the release right now is we're getting a final master done to it, and um, the person who's producing and engineering my album is actually on vacation in Florida. Shout out to Zach, Mr. Catastrophic Wolf on that, but the man's vacationing in Florida, having a good old fucking time on Panama, Panama City Beach. So that's slowing down the progress of the album. We're trying to have it out, completed by late October, early November. But like I said, you can buy pre-sales now and you get the free T-shirt along with the CD, the whole package for $20, or you can just get the CD for $5 through PayPal email me let me know your address and all that shit so i can set you up i do good business all everything's through paypal so your money's insured and and good uh this song i sent him it's called heaven nightmares uh it's the first leak off the cd so uh you go ahead and you roll the reel whenever you're ready i must confess that uh Save the fucking corpse and I fuck that pussy raw dog. Maggots on my balls and I lust for the DNA. Fill them as I crawl. 
There you go. <laughs> That's good, man. That's I believe every word. <laughs> it's a wild one. Uh, hey, man, I appreciate this time, man. This has been a, a awesome experience. Uh, I thank all eleven of your listeners. Hopefully, there's like fifteen now. Uh, hey, man, it's I'm, it's I been an honor, couple, dude. I get a it really is, and I appreciate you taking your time to talk with me, Mister Anomaly. And you are welcome to come back anytime and speak about whatever's on your mind or what you got going on because I appreciate the conversation. Well, I tell you what, man, uh, it has been an honor, man. I consider you an awesome friend. And uh, the main thing is uh, thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the opportunity. And uh, uh, hey, hopefully, man, you can have uh, a couple of the guys from my group on your uh, show here soon. Different aspects, different stories. I think it would be a great experience. Hey man, just I'm only on Twitter, so that's kind of the only problem. That's the only listen. I'm not hard to get a hold of. You just got to go through Twitter. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, though, my kids have been running crazy in the front yard since I've been on the phone. So I'm about to drag them off the uh, the sidewalk. I think they're committing anarchy. About to go have to give them a fucking dose. Well, I tell you what, I got my kids asleep right now. I may try to catch a nap for about an hour because I'm going to go watch some fucking wrestling tonight. I'm going to go watch Jerry the King Lawler and uh, fucking Chavo Guerrero Jr. at the uh, Let's Raise Money for Cancer, whatever the fuck it is, wrestling thing in a local city tonight. It's a guy's night. Like six of us are just going to pile into a couple cars. So, so Chavo, Chavo's wrestling uh, Jerry Lawler. I don't know if they're wrestling each other, but they're both like the top bill. You know, when you see the promos on the indie circuits, it's like they're the biggest names. It's Jerry Lawler, Chavo Guerrero Jr. So, man, that's that's interesting because I re- I remember when I was younger, I used to uh, watch Jerry Lawler uh, wrestle Hector Guerrero. <laughs> It's going to be fun. I have a picture of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. We went to an indie wrestling thing the last time they did it. And that motherfucker, he's not as tall as I thought, but he got a big fucking head. He got a Quentin Rampage Jackson-sized head. I said, God. Yeah, he's got a very broad chest, too. Bro, you got a melon on your head. I'll, I'll tell you what, that might be the cover art. I'm going to use the picture of me standing next to his ass. He looks, we're about the same height, but his fucking head, it's like if if my head was a medium, his shit is an extra large. It's weird. And I got a big fucking yeah. head. I got a big fucking head. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, um, yeah Hex all easy. Hex Alrighty, well I tell you what, I got a I got a poo poo situation, audience. Oh, I have shit. to go. Get on out. Go handle that shit, man. Literally. <laughs> I plan to, brother. Take it easy, man. Well, I hope that Anomaly didn't have too bad of a battle with the Duke. I think anybody who has kids understands that sometimes you have to battle with the shit. And I've had many a battle that I've lost. My kid likes to get shit on my thumb. He's done it twice now. He's an asshole. I love him, though. <laughs> Guys, this was a, it was a good time. I really enjoyed speaking with Anomaly. And I hope that somebody takes something away from it. I understand there's a lot of points made. You don't want to be a gangster. <laughs> it is a hard fucking life. And what's worse than being a gangster is pretending to be a gangster. Because 
some people don't have a choice and they really have to live that life and they don't take too kindly to a motherfucker that uh, hasn't had to put in the work and uh, yeah man it's 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 crazy it's all crazy the world is a fucking crazy place and a lot of things can happen so if you don't respect the the game respect the player <laughs> anomaly is a is a bad motherfucker and you don't see a lot of people from his situation grow up to be old men you know just like he said it's just crazy but we're gonna do our best to support the brother so you guys can check him out on twitter it's now his twitter's kind of kind of different it's anomaly but it's the at symbol is the a so at symbol n-o-m-a-l-y on twitter um I think his email, A-N-O-M-A-L-Y, 4949 at Gmail. If you want to get in touch with Anomaly, you want to schedule a booking, you want to buy CDs, all that shit, you can look him up on SoundCloud. I would suggest going through uh, maybe the website posted on his Twitter if you want to find his catalog. It's it's almost all there. You know, him with his new group, Infamous Society, they uh, released a... a, a a disc the other day a disc an album lp what the fuck ever y'all support him he's out there uh trying to do what he loves after having a lifetime of just shit situation so making chicken salad out of chicken shit it's a profession (laughs) i uh I think it's pretty cool, man. Uh, I I think that anybody that can try to turn a positive out of a negative is is it's a pretty amazing thing to do. So, yeah, I might have to get that that deal. He said he's got a bundle. It's like the the new album is five dollars pre order, but you can get the album and a T shirt for like twenty. So I might have to slang that just to, to help the boy out he's got like 57 kids so you know he needs diapers and formula and shit so guys I had a fucking blast and I hope you enjoyed it um, I hope you have a wonderful weekend stay out of trouble and uh, yeah I'll catch you motherfuckers next week here at the Po' Boys Podcast, I'm that motherfucker Jody B. Nigga, you need to stop snitching. All that yip-yapping and jog-jacking. Nigga, if you're scared, go to church. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it. What up, it's the big boss dog, Snoop D-O-Double G, Eastside L-B-C. And I'm bobbing to the beat of my OG homeboy Ice Cube. And I'm C-walking on a motherfucking concrete. Yo, if you're fucked up, put your cups up. Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg, nigga, what's up? See, he's a gangsta, I'm a hustler. Yo, it's either thank ya or it's fuck ya. I'm down with Lil John, ain't got to pretend. Crunk juice, nigga, run the club that you in. You scary motherfuckers don't wanna bring the ruckus. You just spend all your time in the club trying to duck us. And if you walk by, nigga, I'ma knock five, nigga. From your ass, you can come try, nigga. In the hood, all the way down south. I ain't Mike Jones, keep my name out your mouth, bitch. We can get it cracking if it get the clicking, clacking. Look at Mr. Jackson, nigga, with no reaction. If you're scared, go to church. We gon' hit you with.
career hurt That don't work real, put you in the dirt Cause a whole lot of rappers make a whole lot of noise Lyrics full of steroids, niggas paranoid And when you get that blow up, it make you throw up When you realize your favorite rapper ain't got no If you a scared Pistol packing, crip ragging, folio. Who the only nigga in the club with the Tulio? You ain't no, yeah, you did. There it was, there it is. Is that Coolio? No, what? bitch, let me in. Jibba jabba, snatch it, get at you. Spit at actors and rappers. Hang out with kidnappers and jackers. Make money off crackers. What? Can you imagine how I keep shit cracking? It's the big boss song. I'm back in action. We'll smash it. Smash. I flash with the bling. Pass the supreme. You don't really wanna have a clash with my team. I mix hash with the green. I'm the last of the Kings. If I got a bitch with me, she got ass in them jeans. Rolling through your neighborhood, my Cadillac so clean. Serving all you suckers, cause you all dope fiends. Just like that dope man, nigga, what's up? You run up with that bullshit, I fuck your ass up. If you a scared motherfucker, Thank you.